0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Back Check, the Hockey History Podcast. My name is Riley, and I am joined by Bill.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: I'm good. How about you?
1: I'm doing great, thanks.
0: And today we have another three players to discuss uh, their candidacies for the Hockey Hall of Fame. And as usual, we have one eligible player, one recently inducted player, and one old-timer who was inducted a long time ago. So our eligible player, it's a theme... It's defenseman, and our eligible player uh, this week is Sergei Zubov. Our recently inducted player is Chris Pronger, and our old-timer is Sprague Clegghorn, which is definitely one of the all-time great old-timing hockey names.
1: It really is. If if Moose was his middle name, it would be the greatest (laughs) name of all time. (laughs)
0: Sprague Moose Clegghorn. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um so we're gonna start things off with uh, sergey Zubov, who played in the nhl from 1992 to 2009 that's 16 seasons 15 of those were quality he scored 152 goals 619 assists which is 16th all time for defensemen and second all time for russian-born skaters he had 771 points which is 19th all time for defensemen he was plus 148 which is fourth among russian skaters in 1068 games he had a 26 minute 14 second average time on ice since 1998 which is the latter half of his career so he played a lot he had 136.8 point shares which is 18th all-time amongst defensemen and third amongst uh russian skaters uh he is 15th all-time in assists per game and 18th all time in points per game among defensemen. He is 20th all time in defensive point shares and he is the leader among uh, Russian defensemen. He is also 14th all time in offensive point shares among defensemen. In his draft class, which was 1990, he was drafted 85th overall, as Bill points out whenever we talk about Russians, it's because they weren't sure he was gonna come over. Uh, He is 18th in goals, but third in assists and seventh in points, second in plus minus and 12th in games played. For his era of the, uh, I, I realize normally I, uh, I do uh, defensemen when we do these era things, but I forgot, and this is just skaters, so whoops. Uh, of the 53 players to play in at least 1,000 games between 1992 and 2009, Zubov is 37th in goals, 39th in goals per game, 9th in assists, 7th in assists per game, 20th in points in offensive point shares, 19th in points per game fourth in plus-minus, third in defensive point shares, and fifth in total point shares. Um, his 82-game average was 11 goals, 48 assists, for 59 points, plus 11. Um, with defensemen, so we do a three-year peak 82-game average over the best three years of the career. It's With uh, forwards, it's easy. You just do their points per game. With defensemen, I generally go by point shares, because point shares, hockey references, uh, measure of value to a team. It was pretty hard with Zubov because he had his very best years were spread apart. So he had three separate years where he was a very, very high in point shares and yet uh, they were far apart. So I, I just kind of picked an arbitrary one. Um, and I, the reason I bring this up is because when I read out his 82 game average for this period, you'll notice it's, it's one point less than his 82 game average. So that would suggest it wasn't a peak but um, it's a def- pretend it's a defensive peak. I don't know. Uh, so sorry for that little explainer. But uh, three-year peak uh, from 2002 to 2006 because of the lockout. Thanks, Batman. 82-game uh, average of 11 goals, 47 assists for 58 points, plus 14, 26 minutes, 2 seconds, average time on ice, and 11 point shares. It's Possession. Since uh, 2007, um, it's only 56 games over two seasons, so take it with a grain of salt. 51.8% uh, Corsi 4, 0.7% relative Corsi 4, 49.4% Fenwick 4, uh, minus 1.1% Fenwick 4. So those are the last 56 games of his career only. Uh, playoffs 24 goals, 93 assists, 417 points, plus 28 in 164 games. Adjusted 165 goals, 657 assists for 822 points. His adjusted 82 game average is 13 goals, 50 assists for 63 points. So a bit of an increase. Adjusted points per game. If the qualifier set to 1,000 games played, Zubov is not in the top 25 in adjusted points per game. Obviously, and he was traded twice in his prime.
1: It's wow. a, a pretty impressive stat line. Um, yeah. Just looking at his draft stuff, as I like to do whenever you bring up the draft thing, I always like to go through. And of course, the 1990 draft. I think we've been over this several times. Is just absolutely yeah. in terms of how many players are either Hall of Famers or excellent, excellent players throughout their careers. And I just scroll down to the fifth round, and uh, I'm, I'm never going to say anything negative about Dino Ojic because I love. G- you know, okay. um, but Sergei Zubov was drafted 85th and odchik 86th. And they both played in the 94 final. And you're like, oh, huh. I think if we would have switched those two guys, you might have had a different cup champion. And that, it's body, quite. Like, I love Dino odchik so it's, it pains me to say that, but Sergei Zubov's a hell of a player, and Dino did a lot of great things, but he was not exactly an offensive dynamo. <laughs> but you know what? He was that guy that kept Pavel Bure safe, so a very useful player. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, that draft is just ridiculous. Like yeah. means that just, you know, fourth round Alexei Shamnov, uh third yeah. round, um, actually third round I don't think was spectacular. Brad Bombardier? Oh, no, there we go. Vyacheslav Kozlov. He was great. Eight hundred yeah, yeah. points. Third round. Like, it's it's a fantastic, fantastic draft. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a better one.
0: If we ever do a best draft ever episode, it's definitely going to be on the list, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We should totally do that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, so tangents aside, uh, his accomplishments. He was top five in Norris voting twice. He was the best defensive player by defensive point shares once in 01. Top five four times, 99, 06, and 07. He was top 10 seven times, 98, uh, 2000, and 2003. So for a good, uh, almost a decade there, man, was he ever good. Yeah. Um, He tallied 70 assists once, one of only nine defensemen ever. He tallied 50 assists three times, one of only 21 defensemen ever. And uh, I'm guessing that's 40 assists eight times, one of only 15. Whoops. Is that? Yeah, it it
0: was 40. It was 40.
1: Okay. Um, He scored 80 points once. One of only 18 defensemen ever, 70 points twice, one of only 25 defensemen, and 60 points three times, 50 points eight times, one of only 19 defensemen.
0: I'm just gonna interject for one second. There's an asterisk next to the 80 because it was 89. So we like our we like our round numbers in hockey. But like, yeah. had he scored 90 points, he would have been in you know the 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 next class with like Housley and people like that. Anyway.
1: And dude, he was. Man. And the more I like think about watching him play, I'm like, oh, dude, he was always on the ice, and he was so good. Like, just controlled the play. He was really very underrated. Um, starting to sort of remember his. I watched some highlights the other night, and it's like just didn't jump out. But I'm starting to really think about his career and be like, yeah, dude, he was always so good. Um, especially in Dallas, like just. Yeah. Man. Um, he was top five and assists once, top 10, three times. He was top five in assists per game once he was a second team all-star once what <laughs> yeah. uh, and he was a uh, oh you know what the nhl was a very different game back then yeah um, and he had three all-star game appearances
0: so for now is great teams uh he was a bet he was the best defenseman on one champion the 1999 dallas stars he was the best uh, defenseman by points on two final fours the uh, 1996 penguins and the 1998 dallas stars um, he was the best defenseman by average ice time, but he missed seven games. So whether or not you actually consider him the best defenseman, I don't know, on one final four, the 08 stars. He was, I'm guessing, a top two defenseman um, on one runner up, the 2000 stars, but he he missed five games, but he led all defensemen on the team in scoring, even though he missed five games. Um, he was top two defenseman by points on the 1994 Rangers, who of course won the Stanley Cup uh he was a top 6 defenseman by points i'm guessing on an olympic champion the 1992 unified team it's really hard to know none of their defensemen really scored so i have no idea what the roles were uh he was possibly the best defenseman on one world junior champion the 1989 ussr team and top 2 um by points uh and someone and his partner probably or someone else on the team won a tournament award on the on a runner up in world juniors the 1990 ussr team he won the tournament award of top defenseman on one European junior championship uh, bronze team, the uh, 88 uh, USSR team, which is uh, I believe the EJC is the the predecessor of the WJC, but I can't, I'm not 100% sure. Um, And uh, he had uh, an unknown role on, four different versions of uh, HCC, CSK Moscow um, at various uh, levels of success. Spengler Cup champion, Super Series champion, um, two European Cup champions, and Soviet League champions, all when he was very young and before he came over to um, the U- United States. Uh, I pause there for a minute, mm-hmm. and that is because I heard a loud noise in my house. Ooh. So
1: perhaps have a raccoon visitor
0: (laughs) no no but um, if we could uh, if you could ad-lib and reminisce a little bit about Zubov for two minutes I will be right back and this is very impromptu but like I don't know I guess we could have started again and and been professional but I will be right
1: Go, go deal with your thing okay Okay, so while Riley's dealing with the serial killer that has just entered his house, I will uh, reminisce about uh, Sergei Zubov. Um, It's really weird. I don't, you know, I'm a Canucks fan. So in 94, I should remember him a lot better, but I remember Bukaboom. I remember Brian Leach. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) Sergei Zubov on the 94 Rangers. I don't really remember, but he was a key, key player. Um, he was very young, but he was very good. And he was sort of all over the ice. Um, but I just, I just don't remember him. I guess, you know, I was, how old was I at the time? I was probably uh, 13. thirteen, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't remember him in the 94 Rangers, but like on the 98, 99 stars, I remember him. And he was just, just he was always on the ice. He just, you couldn't get by the guy. He was leading the power play, just, he was just uh, seriously. He was. I, I remember seeing him in that playoff run, just being like, because yeah, he had Hatcher with him. So Hatcher would go cross check some guy in the neck because that's what Hatcher did. Yeah. And so I guess maybe his physicality took that burden off of Zuboff. But Zuboff yeah. was incredibly good. <laughs> like, that, well, that I don't guy.
0: remember him. Yeah. They were pretty I don't good. remember him from the Rangers either. Um, But I didn't watch that series because I was in exile. Um, Normally, yes. but, uh, I do remember like I, the things I've heard about him is back then he was a little more freewheeling mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's true or not, but people but have said, yeah, yeah. And I mean, he like, he scored almost 90 points that season, right? Like he was very much like, I don't know if they had the same style, but very much doing the Phil Housley thing of I'm scoring a ton, you yeah. know? And I remember, like you, I remember the stars uh, in their runs in, um, in 99 and 2000 and uh, you know, how, how he was everywhere. And, you know, the thing that kills me when we're, you know, we're ta- we're reading out this resume is like you said, you, you like, you made a what when you got to the, the one, uh, the one second team all-star. Yeah. but like that and only top five in Norris voting twice. And then the other thing is I'm, I'm not saying he actually deserves it because I think Medano has a really strong case as well. And I think you could make a really good case between Medano and, and Zuboff for the con Smythe, yeah. but the man was playing 30 minutes a game I when know. the stars won the Stanley cup. Yeah. That is, that's actually, that was the first year they tracked ice time. So it was the first time we knew how much uh, number one defenseman played on a cup winning team, yep. but it's set basically the gold standard. Like if you look at subsequent seasons, like, you know, a defenseman is important to a team when he makes that 30 minutes a game mark. Right. And there's only a select number of guys who've done it. Like Lidstrom's done it. Pronger's done it. Who we're going to talk about shortly. Drew Doughty, Duncan Keith, Zubov. That's it. Yep. And, and like the, like the lack of recognition while he was, you know, the best, like I, I was reading off those, he was an important player on multiple, one cup winner, but multiple other good oh, NHL playoff teams. Cool. And, you know, he was, he was, you could argue, you could make a case, I'm not saying for sure that he should have been the MVP in uh, 1999. I mean, it's between him and Mendano. I think the Joe Newendike thing is uh, a joke, but that's an, a story for when we get to Joe Dyke, yeah, I Joe guess. Joe was an important
1: player on that team, man.
0: He uh, was.
1: I mean literally they traded Jerome McGinla straight up for Joe Newendikke, which in retrospect you'd be like, but you could have been so good for so long and you're like, but they won the cup because they went and got that guy because don't forget who they were competing against too. They interject interjected themselves and turned the West into a three-team race because before that it was just the Red Wings and the Avalanche hated each other and they were gonna Yeah, beat each other. I know. They were always going to make the Western Conference Final because nobody could beat them. Like
0: it was. This is all I have to say in 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 response to that. Yeah. Mike Modano played 567 minutes in that run to the final. Yeah. And outscored Newendike. Newendike played 424 minutes. And and scored less than Modano. So Modano played 140 something minutes more than Newendike did. And Newendike won the con Smythe because he had the flashy. He led the team in goals, and so everyone's like, "Ooh, goals!" But yeah, like, Modano was out there a lot more, mm-hmm. and I'm—it's the most valuable player. Yeah. So well, I, to me, it's up between Zubov sure and an American
1: had ever won the con Smythe. Hmm. Up to that point, I'm not sure if an American had ever won the con Smythe. Leach. Oh yeah. goddamn Brian Leach Of course. <laughs> well, it would have been him or Richter. So either way it would have been. In the
0: yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, aside from like new X world and that, I, I still think you could make a case for Zubab to be Smythe winner. Um, he, you know, he played 30 minutes a game. He led all skaters a nice time at, in the playoffs. He set the record for ice time in the playoffs that wasn't broken for a few years. I believe I think Lids from, or what lids from a broken a number of years later. Um, and you know, he was a dynamic dynamic player, and it's just I don't think he got like and and like you said when when uh you know you, you were reading out the point shares, if you can take defensive point shares seriously, which you know there's it's a it's approximate, right? It's just a it's just an equation and it's not perfect, but it's certainly better now now that we have more information, it's basically saying he was one of the ten best defensemen in the league seven years. Yeah. And that is rather high. Um yeah. a number of the defensemen we talked about already did were not did not have those numbers. Um he was also while while supposedly being important defensively, he was also a very good offensive player. So yeah. and and I remember watching him and always being like very, very impressed and thinking how good he was when he's on the stars again. Like I didn't really I I didn't see him on the Penguins, I didn't see him on the Rangers. And, and um and back-
1: um, right-handed defensemen were sort of a rarity, too. Yeah. A lot of really good defensemen are left-handed back then. And, like, it's sort of switched now in the NHL where there's a lot of really good righties. Yeah. Fact, I remember just seeing him and being like, man, having that right-handed shot is such an advantage. And just he was so good at using it. It was unbelievable. He'd switch sides. He was – and it was really weird because he didn't – he wasn't flashy. Yeah. Putting up that many offensive points, he wasn't like uh I'm gonna skate a mile. He would just be in the right spot, get open for a wrist shot, and either score, or pass it off, and just like he was just so controlled. Yeah. That he never really like you never just said, Oh, look at this highlight real goal by Sergey Zuba. But yeah. he was involved in so many goals and just a calm, steady presence. And I mean, he I think he freed up because he was so good defensively in addition to being great offensively probably freed Darian Hatcher up to play like a complete animal and just go cross-check people in the neck at the blue line because they could all they could stand up because he's like if I miss he's going to be back there and it's going to be fine because he's you know he's Zuboff he's awesome yeah he's like a fantastic player and I remember you know a couple of you know playoff series were just like man like if Zubov isn't out there, they are going to score.
0: (laughs) Well, and and the thing is, like, that that sort of happened to them, where, like, he he started getting, he started having health problems later in his career. Mm -hmm. And, like, there were some series near the end there where he was playing a ton of minutes per game, but he didn't play a lot because he was hurt and they didn't advance, you know? And um, I think, you know, part of that was just, him getting older and, and being relatively, you know, he, he didn't have the healthiest, uh, career. When you look at his, uh, games, he, he yeah. played one 82 game season and two others in the eighties and then a whole bunch in the seventies. But when you get to the tail end there, you know, um, you know, the last, the second last season was 46 and then it was 10. Yeah. So he was, you know, he really struggled. I don't remember the specific injury, but he was struggling with injuries a lot. Yeah. Um, and you know that's that de- that his his decline and Medano's decline sort of like co- correspond pretty much exactly with uh, the Stars' decline. You know, like
1: yeah, you can't lose two two Hall of Famers at, at least in my estimation. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there early that Zuboff should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but I mean, you can't lose two Hall of Famers like that, and then all of a sudden just you know your your team just keeps chugging along like that's that's a huge blow. So.
0: So I think, I think the reasons why he's not in mm-hmm. are he's Russian. Well,
1: that's step one. Yes.
0: The, the, there's the perception from the people who watched him only in the first season of his career that maybe he was an all offense. I don't, I didn't actually watch, but like I have heard this from people. People have said he was all offense, no defense. And they're, th- I think they're talking specifically about that year on the Rangers.
1: Yeah. Um, definitely. Leach had like I A think he the team in scoring that year so they had two
0: No Zubov players. did. Um, Zubov led the regular season in scoring that year.
1: Did he? Really? Yeah,
0: 89. Leach had uh Leach had 79 points. So <laughs> Zubov 89, Messier 84, Graves 79, Leach 79.
1: Ugh. God, I hate all those guys so much. <laughs> 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 I've I've been asked many times by uh you know, kids that I teach or, uh, you know, other random people and just, you know, oh man, so uh, how was 2011 for you? Was that tough? I'm like, when I get over 94, I'll let you know. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, you'll have to excuse my grunts of disgust. Um, yeah, Zubov. I, I. That's the thing. It's so weird that I don't remember him because I remember Graves hating his guts. Messier, I think I've well established how much I hate him leech respect the hell out of him but hate him because he beat my team same thing with richter and just Zubov Zubov's just a blank like i don't remember scoring any goals like it's really weird
0: well i think the other thing is what you were saying right is that he wasn't flashy and yeah. so you have this guy not only is a russian not only was he once perceived to be an all offense no defense player not only did he never get a norris even though he there's a couple of years in which he was a better candidate than some of the people above him, mm-hmm. but uh, more than uh, some of them, or probably all of them in some cases. But like um, all of these things, he didn't. He you you look at it and you you see a Russian guy. You don't remember him playing in some cases, and then you also look and you see this one second team all star and Nor Nor No, 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 no Norris is Jesus, and <laughs> you're like, well, well he he's not you know he's not an old timer and like as someone who watched him and for what so i i was like you know my other team um was uh when i first started getting back into hockey again was in the in the late 90s i was starting to get over you know my my silly like exile after the you know the the uh the leafs and the high stick and all that and I, I, uh, the Oilers were my, like, I decided I wanted a Western Conference team too, and it became, it was the Oilers. And, you know, I would watch the Oilers, uh, uh, Stars battles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, I, I saw the Stars play more than most Western Conference teams because they kept (laughs) playing the Oilers over and over again. And so I remember Zubov because of that. And so for me, the, the, the people who have sort of forgotten him and don't remember i'm just like what like i'm mystified and i'm also mystified by how little respect he seems to have gotten and i feel like the numbers back me up because i look and look listen his his average i didn't say it in the in the um in like the notes about his career his average ice time in the playoffs is 29 minutes a game his That's average
1: amazing. Well, you got to figure, like, if he's and he's
0: plus 28.
1: If he's playing top pairing with uh, Darian Hatcher for a good chunk of that huge playoff experience where they used to go at least three rounds every year. Yeah. um, So Darian Hatcher's playing, let's say, 20, maybe even 22 minutes a night.
0: No, Hatcher was playing a lot on some of those teams, too. He was playing almost as much as Zubov. Yeah.
1: Oh, see, I would have assumed that Zubov was also just playing the entire power play and therefore they like
0: they rode those guys.
1: Wow, that's like, you know what, um, friggin' Hatcher. I I I still don't think he was ever that good, but maybe Zubov.
0: It, a it was a different years time years. too, right? You could get away with having a yeah. slow.
1: Yeah, he was slow, and he would. Ju- he was just so you know, tough slash dirty that. <laughs> you know, like,
0: uh, listen, he he definitely he definitely played like Zubov played more. But oh, yeah. they they rode both of them. Like if you look at uh, say the cup winning team, Zuboff played a lot more. But that's partly because Hatcher got hurt. Yeah. But basically, Hatcher was playing like a minute less a game than Zuboff wow, was. That's,
1: you know what? That's uh, that actually bumps up my esteem. So uh, now I don't want him to get hit by a bus. Um, <laughs> really not a big fan. He used to just go out of his way almost hurt. Well, you know what? I I liked Scott Stevens and he's basically the exact same player.
0: A little dirtier. Thinking, yeah,
1: in those days, the hits that he gave now would be the filthiest things ever, but back then you were allowed to do that. Hatcher used his yeah. stick a lot, and that's what I didn't like, I think. Um anyways, um, but you know, like Zubov, it's like he he almost like flies under the radar, he doesn't get the credit he should. You look at his numbers and you're like, "How did he not win a Norris or yeah. you know multiple Norrises? Yeah. And then I, I I just I put it together while you were saying it. I think he caught uh, I think he caught the 1990s version of Brad Park disease, where yeah, absolutely, another defenseman in the league that just was gonna win the Norris almost every year if he played enough and didn't get hurt, and he was playing with in the same era as Nicholas Lindstrom, like. Yep. Lidstrom won eight Norris. Uh, no, wait, not eight. That's Bobby Orr. Seven. Uh,
0: yeah. I think he won seven. I think he won seven. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, that's there's a, a lot of those probably could have been Zubov if it weren't for Lidstrom.
0: Yeah, Zubov's best ever finish was in yeah. uh, 2006. He came in third, and he came in third behind Lidstrom and Niedermayer.
1: Well, see, there you I See, I even completely forgot about Niedermayer. So, there you go. He yeah. had like two guys who were just elite in front of him. Um,
0: or you could argue that Zubob had a better year that year than Niedermeyer but let's well, you know.
1: Yeah, I know. That's that's the thing. I think he was just cursed about being, you know, But I mean, that shouldn't preclude him from get being in the hall.
0: Yeah. I mean, no, I agree.
1: Yeah. I agree. Brad Park is so.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I think it, that's a really good. The Brad Park thing is a really good point. You know, he, here he is. You know, and, and Brad Park after Orb, then he had to deal with Larry Robinson. You know, uh,
1: and and Danny my... me <laughs>
0: And yeah, and Papa, and so, like, yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, like, there's, depending on where you draw the lines, right, like, w- with eras, yeah. um, you know, Zubov and Niedermeyer and Lindstrom all came in around the same time, and Pronger. Yeah. And, like, I think it's, like, those four guys, you know, are, it's a big league by that point. And those those four guys. I mean, you maybe make some other uh, some other cases there, but I think those four guys are are the best defensemen of that particular period, starting in the early '90s and ending, you know, the end of the first decade of the century. And um, I think that most people would like willingly agree to Lidstrom, Niedermeyer, and Pronger, and then be like Zuba? <laughs> and be like, but like look his look at his career, you know, and and uh it's just, yeah, he just doesn't have the, you know, he doesn't have a single major award. Yeah. Um, He has that one all-star team, which is just, it's not even a first team. Yeah. It's just brutal. Yeah. And three all-star games total. And like, I just, I look at that and then I look at his resume and I'm like, how is this possible? How did this guy make one second team all-star the entire time? And the only thing I can come up with, well, two things. Or three, I guess, because I was also saying he's flashy. Uh, not you were saying he's not flashy. I agree, but like that he's Russian, and then also I think, you know, Dallas. His best years were on Dallas, yeah. And uh, I mean, if you uh, exclude the offensive one where he almost scored 90 points for New York, and he, there is still, to some degree, there is an East Coast bias in sports media still. I mean, with the internet that is changing a lot of stuff and, and with streaming, you know, and being able to record games and stuff like that, it's changing a lot, but it's still there. And I think, you know, you have, um, obviously Lidstrom was playing for a team that could be watched, um, in East coast time. Niedermeyer was pronger was playing for a central time. Team for a long time, and also, I feel like had the benefit of being a large Canadian. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about that more in a minute. But like, um, but Zubov is is off. You know, in this like non traditional hockey market, um, that us good Canadian boys probably wanted to die. I certainly did. You know, I didn't. Um, the only reason I wanted them to beat the Sabers is because it was the goddamn Sabers, and they. <laughs> they beat the Leafs. Uh, oh, but it, had it been any other like Northern team, I'd be like, no still- cups in Texas. Sorry.
1: <laughs> Is that I, like I hated Hashik so much from 98 and Nagano and I still wanted him to win because I was just like, Oh, I hate the stars. so much. I just- yeah. It was just
0: like, who wants a Texas team to win the Stanley cup? Nobody. It's awful. And, but I did actually want them to win that series just because, uh, it makes
1: you feel any better though. They didn't. What?
0: Hmm? Oh yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Like,
1: that game's still going. I don't know what everybody's doing, but they should get that.
0: <laughs> yes, of course. They have only about a anyway. pounds, so that'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But anyway. Um. Yeah. I mean, I. I just. I think he's got an open and shot case. I look at him and I think, like, here's one of the best defensemen of his era. I, I and,
1: completely
0: agree. And you. It's just mystifying that people. Some people, I I have seen like appreciations on on the internet, and I I'm glad that people are still talking about him because I think that like he's he's gonna be one of these guys. I don't know that he's gonna get in anytime soon, but
1: he should. He really
0: should, and he should. And I feel like it's gonna be one of those things where every year people are like, he's he's like top of that list. Where they're like, what about these guys? You know, and like there he is. Um, like of the guys we've talked about who you know, we've talked about some guys who have been eligible for a while and some guys who are not technically eligible yet, like the Sedins and, and Hossa who yeah. will be eligible shortly in a couple years. And, you know, will probably go in right away. But like, to me, I think, and, and maybe I'm overstating it a little too much because of my fun, fond- uh, because I watched him play a lot and I, I like him, but like, I think that like, he's got a better case than turjan does. And, um, and I do I do sort of look at it and go like this is a bit this is a bit ridiculous guys like people with these numbers are in the hall
1: I think for the era in which he played you'd be very hard pressed to name five defensemen better than him so to me if you're a top 5 player during like the career in which you played yeah like among your peers how are you not in the Hall of Fame you were like a top Whoa. 5 player as a defenseman if you're one of the top five defensemen in the NHL for most of your career, you should be in the Hall of Fame.
0: It's not even just top five defensemen. If you if you take point shares seriously, and like we talked about, they are flawed. But let's just, for the sake of argument, take them seriously. According to our era thing, of the people who played a thousand games between 1992 and 2009, and by point share, Zubov is the fifth best player.
1: Yeah. So how is he not in? Right.
0: Yeah. It just it seems it seems like should, uh, anyway. <laughs> should you be
1: I, I think the stats bear out what the eye test for our memories serving us like no flash but like goddamn, damn that guy was always on the ice he was always doing the right thing he was scoring points he was scoring big goals he was stopping the other team like that's kind of like when you're that dominant that you're always like you play half the game and your team wins a cup like yeah you should be in the goddamn hall of fame. Like,
0: I, yeah. I think when you play if since we've had ice time, the players who play half a like like not to get too far off topic, but like Drew Doughty, yeah. um, the Drew year he, he didn't win the con Smythe because they gave it to Justin Williams, like yeah. that guy was on the ice all the time. Did it one. And, and just like when that happens, and, like, I don't know how you can look at other players and be like, somebody else is more important. Because like I,
1: I remember when Keith won his, right? yeah and i mean like there were in that anaheim series they kept getting like an extra random day of rest for no reason and you're like and they're like oh duncan keith looks like he's dying and i'm like oh he just got an extra day rest he's gonna be fine and he would play like 32 minutes the next night and you're just like oh my god (laughs) like if he didn't have the extra rest i don't think he could do it but he just kept doing it over and and you're like i got to the final remember them saying something like oh maybe cory crawford too and i'm like are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. If it wasn't for Duncan Keith, it would have got knocked out in round two. Like, he's been everywhere. He's he's the guy who makes Seabrook look like he's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy, because Duncan Keith, my, you know, my brother and I are huge Canucks fans. We'll watch a game, and we'll see, like, oh, that's going to be a two-on-one. Ah, Duncan Keith. God damn it. <laughs> like, we always forget how fast he is. Like, he's just yeah. – Everywhere. I think now he's starting to slow down, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I Heard he had a bad year this year. Walk Hall of Famer. It's not even close. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Zubov's not quite that good, but he was playing 30 minutes a night on teams that went deep into the playoffs. You have yeah. to be really good to play that much in the playoffs.
0: So I couldn't we, agree more.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, it's slam dunk. Not even close.
0: Yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll move on uh, to a player um, with. Uh, a better resume in the awards world. Um, But uh, otherwise some, some similarities and some, obviously some massive differences as well between these two, but a similar, very uh, similar overlap in terms of error. And that is Chris Pronger.
1: Chris Pronger. Um, Okay. So, um, I do remember he was drafted second overall in 1993, and um, I'm which is it.
0: crazy. I don't know how you remember that. I thought everyone was supposed to not know that.
1: Oh no, no, no! Because he was drafted by Brian Burke, and as he, as GM of the Canucks, trust me, he reminded us on a daily basis.
0: <laughs> yeah, but didn't didn't uh, you listen to Dig, who was like nobody remembers who comes second?
1: Oh yes, yes, yeah, that's right. Um, I
0: thought you were see. I thought you were making a reference to that. And so I was making an additional reference. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, no, I, did not. Um, I actually remember because Brian Burke would just crow about it all the time, how he drafted a Hall of Famer and Dag ended up walking out. But that that's not because Degg didn't have the talents because he didn't actually want to play hockey that much. <laughs> he just happened to be exceedingly good at it. And just decided, eh, I don't really care that much. Um yeah, so uh, Pronger was drafted second overall, and the uh, the Whalers had to make a, you know, make a little deal there to make it happen. And so Burke likes to remind everybody that. And then he did a deal for the Sedin's, and then everybody's like, okay, maybe you are kind of a genius every once in a while. Um, so uh, Chris Pronger's NHL career from '93 until 2012, 18 seasons, 16 are quality. 157 goals, 541 assists, 21st defenseman of all time. Um, for 698 points, which is 24th defenseman, he was a plus 183 in 1,167 games with an average 2728 average time on ice since 9899. Um, he had a 139.4 point share, 16th amongst defensemen all-time. Uh, Pronger is 10th all-time in defensive point shares. Pronger is 22nd all-time in offensive point shares among defensemen. In his draft class, 1993, Pronger drafted second overall is third in games played and assists, 19th in goals, ninth in points, first in plus-minus. Of his era, of the 22 defensemen to play in at least 1,000 games between 93 and and 2012. Pronger is sixth in goals, 10th in goals per game, third in assists and plus minus, fifth in assists per game, points and points per game, seventh in offensive point shares, second in defensive point shares and uh, point shares. His 82 game average 11 goals, 38 assists for 49 points and a plus 13. Um, and of course with those stats, you have to keep in mind that he did play the majority or a, a good chunk of his career in a, a very, uh, clutchy and grabby era. Yeah. Um, his three-year peak from 99 to 02, 12 goals, 51 assists for 63 points, a plus 38, 29, 20 average time on ice. 13.5 <laughs> points here. That is, that was when he was playing with uh, big Al McInnes. Eh? When yep. he was, Lewis? Yep. Oh man. Um, his possession stats, since 2007-08, he has a 51.9% Corsi 4 and a negative 1.9% relative Corsi 4. He has a 52.5% Fenwick 4 and a one8 relative Fenwick 4. Uh, his playoff stats, 26 goals, 95 assists for 121 points and a plus 40 in 173 games. His adjusted stats, 173 goals, 576 assists for 749 points. His adjusted 82-game average, 12 goals, 40 assists for 53 points. His adjusted points per game, Pronger is not in the top 25 in adjusted points per game, obviously. Um, And he was traded twice in his prime, once before and once after.
0: And it's just funny because I didn't notice at the time, but even though they were very, very different players... Mm-hmm. uh obviously zubov and pronger's stats are really similar they really are they're career ones anyway it's funny um so his accomplishments he won the heart um the the first defenseman since Bobby orr to win the heart in 2000 and he also won the Norris that year he was top five in norris voting a further uh six times he was the best player by point shares uh once so uh in 2000 so the heart coincided with the uh point hockey reference point shares for one of the few times in, uh, in history, I think. Um, he was the best defensive player by defensive point shares twice in 1998 and 2000 and top five six times. So add to that 2002, 2004, 2007 and 2010 and top 10 one other time in 2006. He tallied 40 assists six times, scored 60 points once and 50 points five times. And that's where the comparison with Zubov disappears. Uh, He was top 10 in assists per game once. He led the league in plus minus twice. He was a first-team all-star once, first-team all-rookie in his rookie season, second-team all-star three times, and he made five all-star game appearances, and he was a weekly third-star once.
1: Hmm. Uh, Chris Pronger, great team's best player on one runner-up, the 06 Oilers, and by the way, that season... Did yeah. he make a difference or what when he left? Oh yeah, he, yeah. They were trash. <laughs> like, yeah. They were horrible after that. Uh man, he like if he would have stayed there, they could have I think they could have made multiple runs because just he was that I to me that was his peak. Just yeah,
0: peak. I, I yeah, absolutely. I agree.
1: He was on the ice constantly, he yeah. made everyone around him better, he was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and he was also on one final for the 01 blues when he also had Al McKinnis helping him, but he was a lot younger and maybe not as dominant as he was in the 06 run. Um he was also the best D on one runner up the 10 flyers where he was, he almost made that happen again by himself. Yeah. And it was not that long after, you know, yep. going to a cup final with the Oilers and almost winning and boy, did they ever come close Uh winning with Anaheim and then getting to the flyer. I mean, he was, that was yep. his dominant stretch, right? Yep. Um, He was absolutely unbelievable. And he was the top two D on one champion, the 07 ducks. Um, like to bring up a little reference to our old friend uh mike mcdonough at this point where (laughs) the canucks were playing those ducks at one point and he's like how are you gonna beat them they have prongmire (laughs) one of them's always on the ice what are you gonna do i'm like oh yeah you got a good point we're gonna we're totally dead (laughs) we have no chance (laughs) even with luongo we had no chance um those 07 ducks were pretty phenomenally good um He was uh, top two by points on one Olympic champion, uh, 2010 Canada. Thanks, Chris Pronger. And he was a top four defenseman by points on one Olympic champion, 2002 Canada. Um, He was top four by points on one world champion, 97 Canada. And he was top two by points on one world junior champion, 93 Canada.
0: So just... um... In to echo your your uh, comments about the Oilers, mm. um, you know, that that Cotton Smythe was Rollison's to lose, and then Absolutely. he got
1: hurt, and then he got hurt. I know, it, it, and then, know, like, uh,
0: but had they won that game, yes, I think there's no doubt in my mind who should have won the Cotton Smythe, and that is yes. Pronger. And I would even say, yes, Ward deserves it, even though his numbers are a little less good than you remember. I looked them up and, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, he, he, he just made he that, was, big, that gigantic toe save and he came in and saved them from uh, Martin.
0: Yeah. He was, Im- it was important, but like, um, and I'm not, you know, I, I this is a debate that we shouldn't necessarily get into it. It's a very contentious debate, especially right now with what's been happening with LeBron in the NBA. Oh, but, yeah. If there is, and this is the the NBA has only done this once. The NHL has done this multiple times. Mm-hmm. If there ever is a case for awarding the heart to a player on the losing team yeah. in the finals, mm-hmm. I think Pronger had a fairly good case that year because he was. You
1: know what I actually didn't see a ton of that. Um,
0: oh, I watched the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I, I, almost everybody I knew did, but I was living in Japan at the time, so it was yeah, missed. Like, uh, like a significant chunk of it just because I was always at work when the games would be going so I'd watch the highlights but it's not the same as watching the games Yeah. yeah. Um, I,
0: he was, played was... 743 minutes in that postseason which is like possibly the most I don't think hockey reference lets you uh, sort by minutes like search by minutes played but I, I can't imagine there have been too many people who've um, passed that Yeah, that's he was on the ice all the time he led his team in points he he, he like I remember I remember one specific play and I can't remember what game it it was where he like he like led the breakout and then like prevented single-handedly prevented uh, I think it was the Hurricanes but I can't remember what round it was from getting back out of the zone and then passed it to somebody who scored and like was basically like the like did almost all the work on it on the shift that led to the goal and I was just like what how is this physically possible? Yeah,
1: he's, he was a phenomenal player at that point. He was, he was yeah. rated peak for, you know, and right at that age where defensemen should peak too. He was just so good. Um, yeah. I, I remember in that one thinking that like, you know, the hurricanes are just kind of like a bunch of guys. I think either mm-hmm. like Pronger or Rolison, given the fact they lost without him, but if they would have lost in four straight, maybe they would have thought about Rolison. It's like, Oh, he was important to that team. But then, uh, his name Markinen came in and played remarkably well, yeah. Um, you know, once uh, Ty Conklin gave away game one, possibly cost of the cup. Um, but then Fernando Pisani, too, you know, the Edmonton boy kept scoring all those big
0: goals, yeah, yeah. Who is this? Right? Yeah, it's funny, that's, that's one of those like players I'm gonna remember forever, and, and people are like, Who the hell was that? And, and
1: like, he's the guy that Ward stopped with the toe with about like two minutes left, where you're like, If he scores that goal, yeah, oh, yeah. he's he's front of the list for the hot smite just because it's such a big goal um
0: and so so just to like i mean this is uh so i as i said not that long ago oilers were my other team and i was not a hockey fan in 1990 the last time they won a cup before this so this was like as far as i was concerned this was only second to the leafs making the finals and i was like you know so i watched the whole thing I was driving across the country, by the way, <laughs> and I was oh, just, wow. like, felt- making wow. sure. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. drove across the entire country in the summer of 2006. And for the end of it, the final, I was in the East coast and I was like, constantly just finding a place to watch the games. And Amazing. it was, it was like, <laughs> yeah, you were the opposite side of the world. And, uh, I was just like, so I, you know, I've, I've fond fond memories of this, which maybe obscure obscure uh, a little bit. Like I'll, I'll remember Pisani forever, which is just like really silly well, because, you know, he, yeah. that, this there was like that the guy. best time of his career, right? Like,
1: yeah, oh, then it wasn't even close. Actually, yeah. you know what happened after that? He got, he ended up getting Crohn's disease and he, he couldn't play anymore.
0: I did not even know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that awful. His, that was his thing. that yeah, was awful. That's what ended, ended his career. Cause he was, he was phenomenal for that year.
0: Yeah, and, uh, he he outscored Ryan Smith.
1: And then he, he sort of fell off the planet, and it's like, what happened to Fernando Pisani? Yeah, and he just yeah. get it back. Um, just it's a terrible disease because you just can't keep any nutrition in you. Um, yeah,
0: but just so to I, go I back remember, to, was, sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, well, I was I was living in Japan at the time, and uh, I just started my very first Japanese lessons with uh, one of my coworkers. And uh, my buddy Sean's a guy from Vancouver, and he was I didn't know this, but he was over at the local internet cafe listening to the game on CBC. couldn't okay. <laughs> stream it because it was 2006, but yeah. He could listen to it, and I was halfway through a Japanese lesson when all of a sudden Sean came bursting into my classroom and started yelling like a maniac, The oilers just won an overtime. <laughs> and it was the game five one where Persani pasani stole the puck when they were short handed and he scored,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And so we both just started jumping up and down and we're yelling and the, the, my poor Japanese teacher was just looking at me like, what's going on? I don't understand And We're just like, sorry, it's a Canadian thing. We got to do this. <laughs> and I'm like, how'd you get here so fast? He's like, oh, I ran all the way <laughs> like he ran all the way from the Internet Cafe just to tell me what happened. <laughs> so, Just one of those dumb Canadian things where we get so excited about a sport that most people in the world don't really care about.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not even your team either. I know, right? Same thing for me. Like it was it's not really my team. I just they're the people I at back then they really cared about when the leafs were, you know, out. Um, but just one more thing about Pronger on that team. So I said he played seven hundred and forty-three minutes in that series, which I think might be the record for a playoff, but I mean it's possible Lidstrom or Doughty have broken it. Um though I guess yeah, and it might you know, maybe in two thousand eight, two thousand nine Lidstrom maybe did, I don't know. Um but the next uh Spacek, remember him uh yes. played, played the next most minutes of any of the skaters on the team 621 yep. wow so pronger was pronger was on the ice 31 minutes a game that that playoff run that's that is incredible. crazy and yeah. you know he was he's he's, he led the team in points and he was he was plus 10 and like that's how like i just remember watching that and like you know i had not I'd not watched I would watched some blues but my primary memory of the of the blues was the year they lost to the sharks in the first round. Yeah. And so yeah. I had always sort of thought you know who, Chris Pronger who cares like he can't win a playoff series yeah but whatever blah 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 and then I watched the Oilers that year and I was like oh my god. Yeah. Like this guy is inhuman. And you know I know he was dirty. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. But but like I I just I that year and then like 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 you said when McDonough said like Prongermeyer, like the year that he got paired with, with uh with Scott Niedermeyer and you're just like what? This this isn't fair. And then yeah. uh it even even on the uh, yeah, even on the Flyers it. run. Yeah. When he was still like tail end of his career there by that point and he was still playing twenty nine minutes a game, you know, and And still playing a very, very important role on a team that, you know, again, went to the final and, you know, wasn't quite quite as like minute eating as he was on the Oilers, but it was four years later and he was 35. He still he still led the team in minutes and, uh, you know, had had a fair number of points. And I mean, yeah, anyway, he uh, he was clutch is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, at least
0: at the end of his career.
1: He was, uh, you know what? He was an incredible player and that Oilers team sort of proved that like, wow, he's that good. And then when he eventually joined the Ducks, you're just like, oh, now you put him with Niedermeyer, but he didn't, I don't think he needed Niedermeyer to win a cup. I think he would have won one.
0: Well, I mean, he almost won two, you know,
1: exactly by himself basically. when he
0: was the lead defenseman, it's just he, he, uh, some breaks didn't go his way against the hurricanes and, uh, you know, they the it, it Flyers worked, were a little. Matched.
1: His goaltending in the final was UC Markkinen and yeah. uh, Michael Layton. I mean, you're gonna put that on Pronger, really? I don't yeah, think. So.
0: No, no, you're not. Um, those so
1: terrible goalies. And the one year that you remember him losing with St. Louis to San Jose was the Roman Turek. Yeah. Like those are all bad goalies. Like they're yeah. just not good enough to win it. Or if they're not bad, they're not good enough to win a cup. That's for sure. So.
0: So I think like we're both we're both clearly fans and think he belongs. Um, and, and I don't know if we need to talk about the weird fact that he was inducted while still technically under contract. No. Um, but I do feel like we should mention the heart because he is the only defenseman to have won the heart since Bobby Orr. Mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say that there are other defensemen during that time who, who had a case. If you're going to open it up to defensemen, if it's not just an award for forwards or forwards and goalies for some reason, which is really weird. Um, say, um,
1: Lidstrom, Carlson, Doughty, um, Duncan, Keith, Bork, guys who definitely could have won a Hart Trophy. I
0: I would say Bork, but we might disagree about that. I think. We're um, sure. <laughs> uh, but I I just for people who are not sure about that, um, that year, and again. I know I constantly just constantly talk about ice time, but I think it's a really good like proxy for value. Um, He played almost 2,400 minutes over the course of the season, which I don't think has ever been done by anybody since they've been tracking like 2389. So 11 minutes shy of 2,400 minutes, which came out to 30 minutes and 14 seconds a game, uh, which is not his highest average, but that's only because he played fewer games the previous year. That but is incredible. <laughs> it is, he was playing half the game the entire season. He played 79 games that year. He played half the game, every game, every game. Nobody does that. People sometimes get up to 28, 29. Nobody plays over 30 minutes for a whole season. I know. And, and I think that there's a temptation, you know, you look at his offense, you know, he, he, you look at his offensive numbers this year, he don- that year, he only had 62 points, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, It yes, it was a clutch and grab era, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't, uh, it's still not a lot, right? But they were the best defensive team in the league, they were the third best offensive team in the league. Um, their goalie was Roman Turk, and he had get this a save percentage away. I was going to read out the uh <laughs> I was gonna read out the playoff save percentage, which would have made it sound so much more impressive. No, his <laughs> save percentage was 912. So it wasn't awful. Yeah. Um but I actually I looked at the the playoffs and it was eight 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 eighty two and I was like, Jesus, how did they win so many games with an eight eighty two save percentage? Yeah. That was a but still yeah. um you know average goaltending, basically. Yeah. Uh and you know, they McKinnis was hurt. And old. Yeah. And uh, they were the best team in the league. Yeah. And I think I I know that some people regard it as a controversial award. I don't see controversy there. Like the the people the other people that year um, sort of try to like call it up. Why are they not letting me see the one that I want to see? Well the, um, the
1: interesting thing with that too is like Everybody, you know, some people said, oh, well, he's paired with McInnes. Be like, yeah, but McInnes at that point was just like...
0: He was 39.
1: Yeah, he had a cannon of a shot and he was somewhat reliable defensible. Like, somewhat reliable. He it also was-
0: played 60 games that year, so there were like in a further 18 that Pronger played without him, so if it was all McKinnis there would have been some kind of, you know, correl- correlated drop-off, right? Like, yeah. so... Other candidates that year were were Yager on Pittsburgh, who uh, who had ninety six points, forty goals, and Burray, one of the years he scored fifty eight in Florida. Oh yeah, and then,
1: he was the whole team. <laughs> yeah, no and
0: and Olaf Kozig, uh, who had a what appears to be a okay year for Washington, but much more in terms of the wins than in terms of the like save percentages. Save percentage was fine. Um, and then, and then Owen Nolan, like it wasn't a great, the candidates, what I'm trying to say is the candidates were, you know, there's a reason. I think there's reason why Pronger won. And I think he was a clear choice. I think you you um, couldn't
1: argue the Bray thing if they went, might've made the playoffs Yeah, because he was, he was the whole team, but, uh, like, I mean, you know, scoring 60, 58, 59 goals in the clutch and grab arrows, pretty damn impressive. Yeah. And he had, didn't really have much help, but Flora was terrible. So that kind of takes them out of the running. Yeah, and like Yager,
0: team. Yager had you know like Yager led the league in points, which is fine, and that's often who gets the heart. But like you know, he wasn't. His team was was uh, if you look at Hockey Reference's simple rating system, even though they did make the playoffs, they were the nineteenth best team out of twenty-eight. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I have no issues with Neither with heart, and I just I just want to bring it up because I know some people do. And, uh, you know, and I don't know, do we care at all about the silly pronger being inducted before he was retired?
1: Um, the guy had a massive concussion. We knew he was going to retire. He was never going to play again. His contract would just happen to be still running. It seemed like a kind of a jerk move to keep him out because who knows what happens with concussions, right? Like maybe, yeah. maybe he ends up not being so healthy when he does get inducted if you make him wait. And I think maybe yeah. the lesson with Pat Quinn. So,
0: yeah. i I hope so i hope i hope the that was i hope the health was health factor was a part of it i think that's the right decision if it was
1: absolutely because when it it was pat burns i'm thinking of the wrong pat yeah yeah Um, i knew who you meant
0: but for some reason i didn't (laughs) correct i just kept going (laughs)
1: they're both great coaches they're both named pat they're both tough uh tough old guys yeah. <laughs> former cop. The other one probably should have been,
0: <laughs> but I do, I do like if, if that was the motor magnet factor, I think that's a good one because you know, you don't, especially the, and not that they acknowledge concussions. Obviously the hockey all fame committee are different than the NHL, but like with the NHL, not really fully acknowledging how bad concussions are still. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just worth noting that like, you don't know had you waited and the same is true with future hall of famers, you know, like for example, um, I, I don't know if he will actually make it, but I kind of feel like he might Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. Um, if he does get consideration, a similar consideration for him might be worthwhile because you don't know what their mental state is going to be as they get older and older. And we've seen so many athletes hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because of concussions. And so, yeah, if, if that was the reason, then I'm all for it. I think, you know, that's the right thing to do because like, uh, as we will eventually get to with Rick Martin, um, who I, I'm sure it was probably actually French and I'm butchering his name. Uh, I, uh, I think that sometimes the hall really, really just drags its feet a little too long with people. Um,
1: the, the Pat Burns one in Montreal. Yeah. That, oh, people mad about that. Yeah.
0: That being the most egregious example, but yep. I think there's some others, uh, Rick Martin being one anyway. Um, but yeah, we both, we both agree.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you know what the pronger too. do um, don't forget too, that he also had that one where he got hit in the chest with that puck. You oh
0: yeah. That? I forgot about that. Yeah. And he, that was nasty. He
1: dropped like he had just had a heart attack and thank yeah, God. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, so maybe they're like, um, he has the concussions plus that. Maybe we should induct him right now because, uh, yeah. and I think they, li- wanted, they wanted to move him into the league office. Yeah, you know, such a good player and such a good ambassador, and you know, he was such a dick on the ice, but such a nice guy off the ice. Well, that's the
0: thing too, eh? He was such yeah. a dick, and then like you'd see him talk, and you're like, this is a reasonable human being. He's a great guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like how how are the two people the same?
1: Yeah, well, it's just a fierce competitor, right? Like, yeah. know, him off the ice, like, oh, he's actually a pretty good guy.
0: Yeah,
1: it was actually one of my favorite things ever. When he was taking all the Blackhawks pucks away from them, he wouldn't let them have them in the final just to be an ass. Like every time the Blackhawks would win a game, they'd want the puck because they, yeah, either. you know, we might win the cup, so we want all those pucks. And he would just take it and scoop it up and like, they're like, what'd you do with that puck? I threw it in the garbage. It's like he just he was so funny. It was amazing. He he was really he was he was really good with the media. So I think yeah. maybe the NHL kind of had him earmarked and said, "Well, if we yeah. up, take him earlier, maybe and sort of start grooming him for a future position with the league."
0: Um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And oh, and I, this this one I got to mention because I hate the Blackhawks so much, and especially Adam Burrish. Remember that guy?
0: Yeah, I remember.
1: So he was he was saying something, you know, because Pronger kept taking the pucks, and he said something after, and he's like. Oh, yeah. He's like, whatever. Well, you better look out next year. I'm going to kick his ass. <laughs> so, so they said, said, Oh, uh, Adam Burr said he was going to fight you next year. He's like, Oh, yeah. Where's he going to fight me? In the minors?
0: <laughs> 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 the
1: reporters just howled. It was great. <laughs>
0: that's great. I didn't hear that one. That, that is fantastic.
1: One of them. It's pretty funny to say that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic.
1: Birch was an okay player, just really annoying to play against. You yeah. know, Kind of like a Tucker, just like, ah, stop scoring goals and being annoying. Not as yeah. good as Tucker. Tucker is better. But, um, that same sort of ilk. Um. Anyway. I, right. but so I, so
0: speaking big... of annoying players is... and dirty players.
1: Oh, yes. Well, I he think... wasn't a clean player. He got suspended yeah. a lot. <laughs>
0: that is a segue uh, to one Sprague Leghorn, who was also apparently... A notoriously dirty player um, <laughs> in his time though we don't have the same you know bill and I didn't watch him play obviously so we don't have memories of him doing anything but um
1: Riley to be fair I don't know if my grandfather watched. Him play. yeah I, I
0: mean I don't think the games were televised till sometime <laughs> after sorry, Clay Horn retired <laughs> um, because TV didn't exist when he retired um so Sprague Clayhorn, uh he played in the NHL from nineteen eighteen to nineteen twenty-eight. He played ten seasons, nine of which were quality. Um he scored eighty-three goals, which was somehow seventeenth all time in his retirement. He had fifty-five assists, which was fifth all time in his retirement, and 138 points, which was thirteenth all time in his retirement. He played in two hundred and fifty-nine games, which was sixth all time in his retirement, and had forty-seven point six point shares. At his retirement, Cleghorn Horn was 20th all-time in assists per game. And I may have forgotten to say what he was in defensive point shares when he retired, but you can assume he was like second or third or maybe even first.
1: Based on the stats.
0: I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, he he retired in 28. He would have been right up there. Um, And maybe maybe while we're talking about it, I'll look it up. Um, He... uh, His 82-game average was 26 goals, uh, 17 assists for 43 points. His three-year peak was 1922 to 1925, where he had a 30-game average because the season was 30 games of 10 goals, 9 assists for 19 points. His playoffs, uh, four goals, three assists for 7 points in 21 games. There were a lot fewer playoff games back then. (laughs) Uh, His adjusted numbers, 127 goals, 286 assists for an absurd 413 points. His adjusted 82 game average, 40 goals, 91 assists for 131 points. As we say every time we do an old timer, adjusted stats do not work in the 1920s. He was traded twice in his prime. He sat out part of a season in protest, and he was also claimed in a dispersal draft. Now, he also played in the NHA for seven seasons between 1910 and 1917. He scored 84 goals, which is probably as high as 11th all-time for the NHA. Mm-hmm. He had 33 assists, which is probably the most all-time. And he had 117 points, which is probably ninth all-time in 115 games, which might be 7th all-time. If we set the qualifier to 82 games played, Clayhorn might be as high as ninth all-time in goals per game and points per game and 2nd all-time in assists per game. He had a 20-game average in the NHA of 15 goals, 6 assists, 420 20 points. I did not calculate a three-year peak because it's a pain in the ass to do it with the NHA. Uh, <laughs> he had zero points in two playoff games because the NHA didn't have a lot of playoffs uh, until the end of it because it was just – usually the winner would, uh, the, of the season would go play for the Stanley Cup. By the time they did have playoff format, his team was not that good, um, and he was never traded while he was in the NHA –
1: His accomplishments, he was top five in heart voting twice in 24 and 26. He was a top five player by point shares four times, 1919, 1920, 1922, and 1924. He was top five, uh, top ten, sorry, top ten five times, so also add 23. Um, He was the best defensive player by defensive point shares twice in 1919 and 1923. Top five six times, 1920, 1922, 1924, 1925, and top 10 seven times, also at 1921. Uh, he scored 15 goals twice, one of only two defensemen to have done so at his retirement. He was top ten in goals once, he was top ten in goals per game once, he was top five in assists once, and top ten thrice. He was top 10 in assists per game once, he was top 10 in points once, and he was top 10 in points per game once.
0: And I, I while you were doing that, I looked it up, and he was second all-time in defensive point shares when he retired, after yep. uh, Georges Boucher, um, who we will get to shortly, uh, who was the best defenseman of the year. Um, okay, so great team. So just a reminder... Um, until basically the year before he retired, uh, the Stanley Cup was fought over for uh, by multiple leagues. So he's the best defenseman by points on two Stanley Cup champions, the 1921 Senators and the 1924 Canadians. Um, he was also the best defenseman by points on the 1925 Canadians. And he was the best defenseman, probably the best defenseman by points on two NHL runners-up the 1921 St. Patrick's and the 1923 Canadians. And if you're paying attention, you might say, Riley, how is it possible that he was on the 1921 St. Patrick's and the 1921 Senators? <laughs> well, it was a weird time. And much like the player we talked about last episode, or was it the previous episode? Anyway, a player we talked about recently who was loaned out. He, he left the St. Patrick's after they lost the NHL playoffs and was signed to the Senators... For the Stanley Cup run, so he ended up winning the cup with the Senators, despite having played for the Stanley, uh, for the St. Patrick's all season. Wow! Go figure. Anyway, uh, he was also uh, a best defense, the best defenseman by points by uh, on one um, NHL Stanley Cup Final Four, the 1928 Bruins. He was a top two defenseman by points on one NHL Stanley Cup runner-up, the 27 Bruins he was a top two defenseman by points on one Stanley Cup champion the 1920 Senators as well uh he so clearly went back and forth between teams apparently at will and uh, he was a top four defenseman by points on one NHL runner up the 1919 Senators so he as as a partly uh, due to luck as a, playing on um, in a, such a small league he was in the playoffs a hell of a lot there
1: yeah. we should have uh, we should have put him with hosa <laughs> yeah yeah he seems to try to win a cup desperately until he finally found one that won apparently
0: <laughs> i actually don't remember why he like i know he got traded yeah um and he got so he was so he stayed with the wanderers when the nha folded and then there was a dispersal draft because the Wanderers fell apart and it was claimed by Ottawa and then Ottawa transferred him to Toronto after they almost won the club and then um, Clegghorn didn't report after uh, the Pats were like eliminated from the playoffs and then re-signed with Ottawa and then he was transferred to Hamilton and then he was traded to Montreal and then he was traded to Boston all of that happened in an eight year period
1: that's amazing
0: yeah anyway um it's funny we've had a you know we've had one old timer who we picked specifically so we could be like why the hell is this guy in the hall of fame but for the most part most of the old timers we talk about are pretty they're pretty no doubters. and i mean i think this guy he's he's one of those yeah i mean i i know i read he was dirty um but like when I look at these stats, you know, I mean, obviously back in the 20s in particular point shares are really, really not a good reliable metric, but we don't really have anything. And I mean, if you do rely on them, he was uh, he was in the league for, what did I say, 10 seasons. And he was by point shares, one of the top 10 defensemen, seven of the 10 years he was in the NHL, which is, you know,
1: yeah. impressive. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, and he, he, he played important roles as far as we can tell on a bunch of, uh, teams, uh, good teams cup and
1: up, cup winners yeah, yeah. all over the place. Yeah.
0: And, uh, I mean, he, and he was nominated for the heart right at went right when it was introduced. Um, I think that was the first year it was introduced or one of the first years. Um, I should check. Yeah, it was the first. So the first year it was introduced, there were two nominees: Frank Nybar, who we'll get to in a future episode, and Sprague Cleghorn. And uh, you could argue—well, you could argue both of them. I think looking at the- there's so little information, it's hard to it's hard to know. But um, you know, I mean, he was as much as we have to take everything from back then with a the grain of salt. He was clearly considered an extremely good player by by the writers, and he's got. Relatively good offensive numbers for a defenseman given the era and you know um, Also, he He did apparently like so many players back then. He did also play goal a couple times nice. uh, uh, And because the there were so few teams in the NHL He actually finished in the top ten in goalie point shares in two <laughs> separate seasons, which I, I forgot to mention um, And it's really funny and and I'm sure I bet you He's not the last player we were encountered like that, and because there there was a thing they did right, they had such small rosters that if the goalie got hurt, they'd just throw in another, like you know, one of the skaters would have to play goal. I, and I,
1: I played on a couple of hockey teams like that.
0: There you <laughs> go. That's what the NHL was like apparently in the 1920s.
1: Yeah, well, small in the early Quebec, 20s anyway. Small town Quebec, it happens too.
0: Yeah. So before they introduced the the full roster size at the end of the decade, you know, you just that's yeah. what happened. So, I don't know. I mean, I have no. I've I look at back. this and I I say like this guy belongs in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, I w- I would completely agree. We don't have a, we don't have any evidence to kick him out. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, why would we if you were if you were twice nominated for the heart in an era where, you know, they only nominated two guys the first time, and you're one of them. You're probably yeah. pretty good. Like you're- Yes,
0: it's like, it's one of those things where you, like, you know, the legend has it that, like, the Selkie was inv- invented for Bob Gainey. Yes. Um. Well, whether or not that's true, you can look at the heart being invented. Clearly, they were like, we needed an MVP award, and in the, like you just said, in the very first season, they decided this guy was one of the two guys they wanted, they thought should win it. Yeah. Somehow, side Identity didn't get nominated, which I don't, maybe had an off year that year, but, like, he might have been old by that point, actually. We're yeah. talking about 1924.
1: Thing too. I mean, you're, it's, you don't know who, who was going just coasting on reputation, who was actually good. But I mean, he was in the deep playoffs every single year. I mean, sure, that some of those years it was just a, a challenge cup. But um,
0: I am going to become a, I'm going to become a, like, I'm going to become a heart truther about this first heart, heart trophy.
1: <laughs> That's your new goal, eh?
0: Yeah. Oh no! I just... Oh, it's just... It's gonna send me down a terrible rabbit hole where I just look at all of them. And they're all awful. Nyber was tenth in point and goals, and ninth in points, and he won the heart. Wow! This is a league with how many teams? Four.
1: Wow. Pretty bad. Maybe they had more writers from that town. It <laughs> could have been it.
0: Oh God! I hate, this is gonna ruin my life. I'm gonna go like do a deep dive now and like discover. I, I always thought Al Rollins was the worst heart trophy. Mm. Do yeah, you know about know that one.
1: one? I do not. Oh no, I do. The, he was the goalie on like the worst team in the league.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they gave, they gave him the MVP. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you're like, they felt bad. He had to face that much rubber. Just like, us. yeah. Yeah. And you're like, what are you doing? What are you?
0: What? Why would you do that? Anyway. Huh?
1: <sighs> Well, so, you know what, Riley, let it drive you crazy because it's clearly an issue that's close to your heart.
0: Yes. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. On that note, um, we should probably call it a day because we if, we're, if we're getting into the uh, dad puns, um, <laughs> yeah, it's time. Alright, uh, so uh, thanks everyone for listening and uh, we will see you next time.
1: Take care.